0: All right, welcome back to building a fighter podcast um my name is alex friedman i'm a strength and conditioning coach out of denver colorado with me as always is austin shane a sports chiropractor out of phoenix arizona and then we also have our guest christina chu back with us she's been with us three or four
1: podcasts now Christina. three
0: three I think this is our-
1: how i hang out with you guys so i don't know i don't count
0: 100 yeah so <laughs> this is just hanging out but uh No, Christina is our favorite dietetics and nutritional guest. And uh, today we're going to talk about weight cutting, but from a little bit different perspective than the X's and O's of how do you make weight? How do you manage a gradual descent? Things like that. We're going to talk about the like psychological cost of cutting weight, the kind of impact that it's had on the wrestling combat sports culture. Um, This is something I'm really interested in. I'm passionate about. I actually wrote my master's thesis on the sociological impact of cutting weight. And uh, it kind of juxtaposes the scientific view of cutting weight, where, you know, we want a gradual weight descent, we should do it by the book, should consult a dietitian or a physician as you're cutting weight and things like that. And that's the approach that nobody takes, even though that's the academic take, right? So nobody listens to that. And what my uh, research kind of found out is that it's a cultural phenomenon. Uh, We listen to our peers and our coaches, and we just goes by the wayside, we
2: don't have any academic um, influence. Yes. So, Austin. so for the other people, not just me, cause I know, but I want the other people to know what does juxtapose mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like put in opposition to, okay, cool. Right. So you have a, a, a cultural sense of cutting weight, and then you have a scientific sense of cutting weight and they're in opposition, opposing viewpoints. Sure. They don't mi- they don't mix and they don't meddle. Like, um, for instance, like your wrestling coach, it's probably not reading the scientific literature, the meta reviews that there are on cutting weight, right? He's telling you to make weight. Some of your friends are telling you how to make weight, how they make weight. And then you're just going and cutting weight. So right? by eating
2: starbursts and not anything else. And that's the, the, uh, prolonged that's the of time.
0: Austin Shane, Cody C Mason Geary approach right there.
2: Oh, well, that and a lot of
1: Actually other substances. I don't think that the starburst is the worst. I'll Only
2: starbursts it. all day. Energy dense right? So one pack of Starburst today.
1: calorie needs. <laughs>
2: All right. You heard it here from a dietician. No. Not a bad way to cut weight. I'm <laughs> Put that in quotes. That'll be the Instagram
0: uh, promotion right there.
1: Not sponsored by Starburst, but please do.
0: Yeah. But yeah, please maybe. Say, maybe, But maybe, yeah. Um,
2: did you um, ever have quench gum?
0: Awesome? Oh, yeah.
2: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That maybe. shit was so good. Elevate, and then you have to spit Yep. And then you would just like let it drool out of your mouth and hopefully it landed in the water bottle you were spitting into. <laughs> Some of the stupidest shit people do to cut weight, right? Yeah.
0: Spitting, yes. you know, forced vomiting, um, sauna sweatsuits, locked in there on a bike. Laxative, diuretic. Lots of laxatives. Just crazy mm. ass shit that 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 quite literally stems, stems from <laughs> yes. Say that again.
1: <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> crazy ass shit.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Uh, end it now. <laughs> Two minute podcast. Yep. Yeah. We're done. Um, but yeah, it just comes from like dads that have no idea what they're doing, trying to talk their kids into making a lower weight class so they think they can
2: win. Well, the worst part, at least for, not the worst part, but it's, I feel like parents just want their kids to win. Right. They, they come from a good point it's just, there's such poor literature out there at, not even literature. There's such poor, uh, I guess, decision-making by the coaches, because really that's a coach's uh, role is to tell the parents how to teach their kids how to cut weight. If we're yeah. thinking like a, a high school team for the most part, right. Or a dietitian like we have right here, but for the, for the most part, if you, if you're like a freshman coach where these kids are just learning how to cut weight and they're cutting six or seven pounds, that's typically the coach's job to disseminate good information to the parents to then help the kids. Right. That's at the the beginning of the year meeting, or at least I would like it to be.
0: Yeah. I totally agree that the, the wrestling coach has a responsibility to address weight cutting. I mean, given its prevalence in anything, right? So your wrestling coach has a, a duty to address it and talk to it. Like, obviously, if you have the resources and the financial capability to have a dietitian, you know, helping your team out, that would be fantastic. That's not the reality in a lot of cases. And maybe, Christine, you can talk to that point. But, you know, in my view, and I probably take a harsh view, but, like, a freshman, you know, a middle schooler, somebody that, like, is pre has no business cutting weight at all. Like,
2: I mean, it's probably, yeah, it's probably the reason why my whole family's above six foot and your boy's chilling at five, nine, I started cutting weight when I was 11. I don't know the research on that stuff, but it's
0: nonsense and the act of cutting weight, dehydrating yourself, starving yourself, whatever you're doing to cut weight, literally almost any method you're using to cut weight does not improve performance. You're not bigger and stronger. You're literally weaker. So I don't
2: understand that logic, but that logic is so prevalent, right? Well, and you've looked through, you've looked through a lot of literature on that. What, yeah. what does the literature say? Like you're pretty, you're pretty stern when you say that, right? Is this every yeah. piece of literature say that you don't do any better performance? So there's a couple of meta-analysis. Um, for, I for, I don't know, it was
0: Franchini at all. I think that was 2013. And um, no, I'm blanking on other one again. I haven't <laughs> looked at this piece, but um, literally every physiological quality goes down, right? You're power capacity, your absolute power, strength numbers, um, aerobic fitness, everything in a starved, dehydrated state goes down. Right. And especially in wrestling, when you have one to two hours on a rebound on the backside of the weight cut, you're not recovering that athletic ability. Like, I'm sorry, but you're not, you're going to feel better. Right. Cause you eat or drink something like you'll feel better, but that doesn't mean that you're improving your performance back to its baseline or even better. Right. As a sports performance coach, we want to continually improve, uh, like physiological outputs. It doesn't happen.
2: Right. So, but where I don't have an issue, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, Sure, but playing devil's advocate, you're not trying to go to your fullest potential. That's not the point of cutting weight. Everybody knows if you rapidly lose a bunch of weight, you're not going to operate at your highest potential. You're trying to compare your potential at 80% to the weight class below you. They're hundred so- percent. Are there any studies on that at all?
0: I haven't seen, I mean, I mean, that's pretty hypothetical. That's pretty out there. Right. Exactly. For somebody that hates social science. I don't know how you do that experiment, experiment in a hard science. Literature. Yeah. Um, But that's when you get in the science. That's when you get in the rat race, right? It's like, well, I have to cut weight because everybody else is cutting weight and, you know, they're going to be so big and I'm going to be so small. And and like, sure. Like I understand where that insecurity may come from or where mm-hmm. that idea comes from. Like, You know, you look at Polo Costa at 185 and you're like, oh my God. Or, (laughs) or, or Yoel Romero, you're like, oh my God, I have to go to 170 or I have to fight that monster. Yeah. Right. But you listen to my argument as far as just literally bolstering your 100%. Right. If I'm going to fight at 185, I'm going to train my ass off to get to a walking weight at 186, 187, 190, whatever. Literally cutting the weight, making the weight is like brushing my shoulder off. Right. And I'm at my physiological peak. Like, my peak. And then they come in at their 80%. Right. you know, I'm going to bet on myself at a hundred to 105% if i am continually getting better
2: versus their 80% or their, you know, decline state. I hate to break it to you, but you versus Yoel, I'm taking (laughs) Yoel 11 times out of 10. Now literally me. Okay. (laughs) I understand.
1: Alex, I'll bet on you.
2: Oh, thanks. I'm, well, I'm gonna spend like a dollar. Yeah. I was going to say, I will bet you $20 at this it's, moment. It's the free money that
0: DraftKings gives you on the initial sign up.
1: Exactly. And my uh, email account. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but. Um, going back, I did want to touch on what you were saying, Alex, about making, uh, dietitians working with high school teams, Christina, what's your, or college teams, whatever it may be working with teams in general and wrestling. What's your take on trying to implement dietitians into the high school college professional setting? Because I think that would help.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of my experience stems from working, um, one-on-one with athletes versus like specifically working with a team. That's just the way that life has pulled me. Um, and so that's how I shall follow. I think though um, there, you know, you can't really replace one-on-one. So I'm going to preface with that in that, that one-on-one experience, it's just like any private coaching or um, you know, I think of that caliber, like that's irreplaceable, but I also do see like the halfway point, right? Not everyone can afford to work with a dietitian. Um, not everyone has a dietitian that they know. Not everyone even knows what a dietitian is. I mean, there's just, you know, so many different barriers there. Um, but I'm an optimistic person and I, and I do like to think that there's a role and maybe that's too optimistic, but who cares? No one has ever told me no. So we're going to keep trucking. Um, I think where dietitians can be helpful is sort of setting down that foundation. Um, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I feel like sometimes there's like, like you were saying, Alex, there's like an expectation that you should cut weight. And, you know, I still want to maintain that same, uh, language and that same, like, you know, we're, we're comparing apples to apples, not apples to oranges. I'm not going to talk in, in sciencey terms to a bunch of 14 year old boys. Um, uh, that doesn't quite make any sense, but where can we meet halfway? You know, how can we still, um, sort of have what weight cutting means to you, but do it in a healthier way? So I guess the kind of rebuttal question is when you're thinking about weight cutting, besides just making weight, like, what is, what are the deeper layers there? Like, is it just like the sense of coolness? Is it like a camaraderie with your team? Is it like, you I'm better than you. Like, how does that play in mentally besides just making
2: a certain weight. I mean, definitely as, as an athlete, like think about like a freshman on varsity, right? You really want to make that weight class. You want to be a part of the team. You want to be a part of the cool kids. You're the freshman with all the seniors. They're making weight. They're cutting weight. You have to as well. So that, I think that definitely impacts, especially our, our athletes at the higher level of the sports if we're thinking about high school wrestling, because typically the higher performers are going to be on varsity early. So that's going to, when they're more formidable, they're having these 18 year olds. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about form their opinions about weight cutting because they want to fit in with the team. They want to fit in with the culture of whatever high school they're at. Um, And then, they have three years of thinking that's what you should do. And they pass that down to the freshman. after that, that one really good kid that goes and is on varsity. So it's almost like a dispersion of, uh, of non-intelligence, essentially, Um, honestly, as, as it goes down of just, it's that um, dogmatic approach of the athletes that just keep talking to each other. And that's where, that's kind of why, what I was getting at where, whether it's the coaches or a dietitian or something, you got to have that person over the top. That's like, Hey, all like, let's not be idiots. We know the new research. We know the new science. Um, and when we're able to disseminate that to the seniors that do have that impact on the younger kids that are going to affect, cause if there's a kid on varsity, all the other freshmen are going to look to them for the information for the most part. So it's just a dispersion of that. Um, yeah, I how, got you. Yeah. Um,
0: no, I think absolutely. And to answer your question, Christina, I think there's a, certainly an expectation of like. Effort and like work hard and dedication that goes yeah. along with cutting weight, right? Like this guy's not cutting weight, he doesn't really care, and he's not gonna give his best, right? So there's that that perception of effort when you're cutting weight or when you're like getting to the lowest weight class. Um, I think at times there are like logistical reasons, right? So, like we have a really good uh 149-pounder, and I can maybe make 141, but like I'm not gonna be the varsity starter unless I cut down, right? So there's that that logical like lineup play that people do um but i think that's the the biggest thing is like that's the set expectation on the team is um one you're not getting good information from you know a lot of coaches that at least coaches that i've been exposed to like you know treat it like a black sheep like all right here's yeah. your packet on cutting weight here's your handbook all right i don't want to talk about it ever again or it's your decision to go what weight class i'm not involved in that decision you oh, decide
2: dude that was my favorite that yeah, was, and that like, was that was sarcastically, I said, that. that was the most frustrating thing is when coaches are like, hey, figure it out on your own, make the fucking weight. Exactly. And and so
0: I think there's a lack of ownership there. And then to your point too, Christina, like where the dietitian fits in. And, and I see this kind of like a slow play of like as strength and conditioning kind of is creeping into like the performance team, right? Like your culture and your messaging has to be driven by your head coach, right? Your head coach has to take accountability for all that because if I'm a strength coach and I start saying, you know, an opposite message from my um head coach, even though even if I'm scientifically validated, even if I know I'm in the right, like I'm fighting for the athlete's wellness or whatever, like I'm may not have a job. Um, the athletes are gonna be confused because which direction do I follow? The guy that determines my playing time or the guy that you know reports to that guy. So, like um, as a dietitian, too, you you almost have to have the the culture led by the head coach. The head coach has to set this precedent of like, either I'm gonna be very involved in this you know, weight cutting dilemma that faces wrestling in every team ever. And I'm going to give the reins to Christina and she's going to lead our weight cutting approach, or I'm going to lead the weight cutting approach and all your support comes through Christina. And and this is the approach that we're taking. Um, So I think there is just a lot of barriers to entry there because no, I don't know, for lack of a better term, wrestling coaches are hardheaded and you're not going to get them to, you know, Mm -hmm. flip their mind overnight.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Never heard that one before.
1: Wow! <laughs> Who would have thought? Could, yeah. Thanks, Alex. Quote of the day, everyone. Dropping knowledge
0: bombs.
2: No, the quote of the day is still that Starburst aren't a bad cutting weight. No, 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 no. A hundred percent. That's going to be in the intro, the promo.
1: No, I'm afraid to quit. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm
2: going to tag Charles too. Oh, my God. So
0: I don't know. I think there's a lot of like, and obviously like I wrote my whole thesis on, I think there's a lot of unpacking on the social forces of uh, cutting weight, right? Like I talked and I I relied on a lot of like postmodernism in my thesis, but there's a lot of power dynamics at play. Right, like I'm cutting weight so that coach thinks I'm working hard. I'm cutting weight so that I'm conforming to the rest of my team. I am in with the cool kids, right? Um, Cutting weight because you know if I make weight, I'm a good athlete. I'm a diligent athlete that can follow instruction. You know that was like one of the hardest things that I went through when I missed weight was like everybody's gonna figure out I don't have any of my shit together, right? Like I'm the worst person in the world because I missed weight, and so that was like one of the harder pills for me to swallow as an athlete. It was like it's not that you don't have all your shit together because you didn't make weight. Like, yeah, there's probably some irresponsibility that went into it, but why are you in this broken system
2: in the first? Place? Yeah. Like that's a weird parallel. And we might've talked about this before, but like, that's something wrestlers and combat sports athletes are proud of. It's like, Oh, yeah. I've never missed weight ever. Like I'm, I've never missed weight in my life. And that's something I'm proud to say, but I don't know why I'm proud to say it. Right. Cause at the end of the day, it, like what, what Alex was talking about, it doesn't necessarily, that's not the thing that indicates success. Right. But it, it like it proves to you
0: and it proves to everyone else that you're disciplined, right? You're disciplined, right. You're diligent in your approach. You're yeah. working harder than everybody else. And like, that's the, the mainstream, uh, like, you know, without sounding like too much like a woke person, like capitalist agenda, right? Like, oh, we're getting deep. I know, we're right? But
2: like, Alex Jones. I know. It's like mushrooms. That's I mean, it. You,
0: you're working harder than everybody else. You want that to be the perception that you're more disciplined than everybody else. You make weight every single time. You're yeah. a professional. You know, if I'm in the MA world, I'm a professional. I make weight, right? Here's so.
1: my here's my take on that though. It's like, yeah, Austin, you know, you've never missed weight. It's like, what if you've never missed weight, but you've lost all your matches? Right.
2: You go five and thirty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, like it's like I put on my pants today, and you're like, and <laughs> you know, like I but I, what I, about I, the shirt? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're like, did you put it on backwards? Like, you know, there's so much missing and i also am just like so curious to know if it's that um kind of like what you're saying of um oh shit everyone's gonna find out like you know i I didn't do what i was supposed to do like do you think maybe that stems from because they have no resources because coaches just like figure it out that they're like this is almost like heightened sense of fear before they even step on the map
0: absolutely and that's that's an interesting point that you bring up too, because like make weight, figure it out, hands clean, right? As a sports, you don't make weight. We're running sprints. You're completely unreliable. Like the, the hammer comes down. So like, are your hands clean of it? Like, are you not concerned? Right. Like, or does it only really matter when there's negative consequences? You know? So that's a, I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic that like, and I think that is a lot of like fear-based, right? Because Every team I've been on, there's consequences, right? Yeah, yeah. like not only the like psychological and like uh, performing or not consequences, but like the physical punishment, the you know removal of uh, your, your starting spot, bike. whatever it is.
2: Fucking air bike sprints. Yeah.
0: So there's like there are costs for sure. So. I think there's a lot of fear based. and like, I don't know. It's an, an interesting query into like the, the coach app, right? adds a yeah, huge layer.
2: But I would, I would come back with how do we make it better? Like, where do we go from here to, to actually like have an impact where this isn't such a big thing? So, and, and that's the
0: question I was attempting to answer in my thesis. And um, I think it got cycled through academia and jargon and uh, <laughs> social science for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like, like I love what it ended up being, but my first goal was to make a relatable article, like something that wrestlers and coaches would actually, you know, and so that was that was my beginning goal. And so that's why I started with like a personal narrative, like, here's my story of missing weight, right? Like, this is how it happened. This is this. And then this is the social forces at play. And that was my analysis of the the data was my story. The analysis was like the social theories at play Uh, through editing through uh, peer reviews, like Obviously, it got chewed up and I had to put so much more uh, theoretical jargon in there that essentially to the layperson is unreadable. Do you still have access to the original? Uh, Because
2: we could could publish that because that'd be dope.
0: No, I will absolutely, I absolutely put it out. And like, and again, that was the, the advice of my advisor. He says like, let's get it peer review. Let's get it through all this process, get it published. And then, and, and again, I hate how he said, he says, we'll water it down so that everybody else can.
2: Well, that's say, what I'm saying. We could publish it without all the blemishes of fucking academia. And right. that would be just like raw. That's essentially just a story. Yeah, I can absolutely put that. And there's a lot of those out there that uh, I found throughout my research. Uh, I think there's a no one wants
1: to read academia. No, exactly, oh God, but that's crazy. what the, that's what they
2: count on. They count on nobody wanting to read it, so that nobody actually reads it. Yeah, and, I,
1: yeah.
0: And again, to get into like the woke type of argument of like academia doesn't like challenge, right? Like you have to believe what the the status quo set. So um it gets interesting that way. But yeah, absolutely, we can. I don't. I can either rewrite it or really dig and find something because uh, in between the original draft and where I'm at now, my laptop has stolen. It didn't oh, back up any of my hard drives. about that. So um, I, I don't know. have the original draft, but I'm certain it's something.
1: Like written on the back of a napkin. It's just yeah. it's
2: it's just it's just a picture of Apple with Apple in the middle. It's like, oh, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Awfully caving of <and> Alex. <laughs> um,
1: okay, I have another question. How do you feel like? Um, I often find that there's a lot of like wrestling families. How do you feel like that generational like effect of like working most likely with your dad, um, who was probably also a wrestler. Like how how do you feel like that affects the weight cutting process? It affects it great. Daddy um, issues. It's yeah, daddy issues and granddaddy
2: issues. <laughs> Oh, but, um, it, it affects it greatly. I mean, it's wrestling is a blue collar sport at its heart, right? So in, in wrestling, it's, it's not sexy to be the wrestler. You got to fucking wear spandex with some weird ass shoes, go on a mat and just grope other dudes. I mean, that's the sport. So in in some instances, it's I don't know who you're talking to, Alex. Not one person has told me it's sexy, but
1: that's why you guys are both wearing big ear uh, earmuff headphones.
2: Exactly. Brings you back. But um, it, it it's not the sport that you are going to choose to do for the most yeah. part. It's something that's passed down through lineage or like, like for me, like one of my best friend's dads was an all American. He brought me into wrestling practice the first, and it was just because of a family connection, if you will. He brought me to wrestling practice. It was over. I knew I was going to wrestle, but it's, it's a sport that's closely tied in through culture and that gets passed down over time over and over and over again. Like there's still people that cut weight like how I cut weight at D one right now. Absolutely. And they're they're probably gonna all American. I bet you somebody cuts weight like I do with Starburst and and a PB and J sandwich once a day and it's 100% and they're not American. It Yeah, exactly. But it gets passed down through generations and it just keeps going and that's it's a problem. And and that's really why I brought up the first like the question is like how do we fix this because I love the sport and I just want to make it better, but how do we fix it for the better? and try to get rid of it completely right and i mean and we can talk all all that
0: we want about like um potential solutions and that's where i think we got to go as far as like you know continuing education is certainly one way to do it right that's what the building a fighter like phase one is going to encompass as far as like cutting weight what's a logical way to do it how do we work through that. And that's in the works, but we talk about like informing coaches informing peers. And like, how do we actually get the good information to the, right? Because, you know, as we've discussed, or, or as we've already said fairly accurately, scientific literature is not getting the job, right? in so many different things. Alex. not sexy. Yeah, like, it's not sexy. It it's sexy. not
2: sexy. Yes.
1: Science ain't sexy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and we're have both of them together.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wrestling science. Double Ugo. I mean
1: two ROMs make a right, so you know. Uh,
2: I don't think Not so like, in this uh, case.
1: They're cute. Like, <laughs>
2: yeah, like- yeah, that, those hairless cats.
1: This is the this is the hairless cat podcast. Welcome, yep. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you no, um,
2: <laughs> Great hair, golden locks
1: here can we just acknowledge
2: yeah i'm getting hair? it back i'm getting there oh i don't think austin could rock i a hundred percent can i've already been there okay all right i mean but your hair shines dude sorry side note from the podcast everybody shiny hair Kill yeah
1: I, they can't see this but he really looks like he's like in a l'oreal commercial with the bright it's light
2: blind, it's blinding my eyes through the zoom call i think you guys are just making up for me <laughs> I'm just don't ever make fun of you alex do you no. use uh tail and mane? no oh. You head
0: and could shoulders could be even, could be even shinier those are my two hair products <laughs> head and
2: shoulders and sweat
1: wait let me guess head and shoulders like five in one shampoo body wash conditioner face wash no two. it's it's yeah. head and
2: shoulders like parentheses sweat that's the scent okay. i don't want to get into my uh hygienic care I, guess. <laughs> I use i actually personally everybody's listening. Alex brought down one time, the shampoo that I've now used for two years, the dove <laughs> for men's with the menthol and caffeine. It's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Nice little tingle in the morning. Makes your head go numb. Yeah. It like it opens yeah. up your zool passages. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I, you brought it down the first time you visited us in Arizona. Yeah. Thanks dude. Um, Not your beard. No, my beard is nice. Yeah. It's spotty.
1: I feel like I just walked in on something like really romantic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Huh? So we have to remember <laughs> well, that Austin and I gulps, lived huh? together for three years so that's true
1: it's true very
0: few secrets there. true but and one of them weight cutting huh being how we don't how we cut weight <laughs> <laughs> um but in, what you asked earlier because you know like i think if i can think back um like to the first time i cut weight or, like the the first time i learned about like how to cut weight um, I was in club wrestling. right? I think it was the seventh grade or whatever. Um, and we had to make weight for sectionals, which is like our state qualifying. And uh, I remember I was on 115 pounds and I had to like, and it was like two or three days leading up. I had to like put the extra sweats on when I worked out, I had to watch what I ate for dinner. I had to do all this stuff, like all pretty foreign and new to me. And so when I eventually made weight and in that term, it made weight the night before I made weight. And then I, I don't know, it was like either a mental reprieve, like a physical reprieve. I I was definitely hungry, but like, I was literally like eating like glutton. I was eating as much as I could just because like these shackles are off now. Right. Or whatever. Like I don't need to worry about making weight anymore, or at least I don't have to worry about it for another week. Right. So the shackles are off. I'm eating as much as I can. Uh, I'm full, but that's not enough still. Um, and I remember that like, I, I can't remember who said this to me. It was one of my coaches. Um, or somebody, but it was like, man, what's wrong with you? Why are you still eating? You know, and it's like right there immediately, like it learned, like, all right, you know, eating, overeating, like equals shame, like not containing it and making weight and um holding like the facade of keeping it together was not okay. Right. So I think like that that was definitely a tournament where like I learned a lot about like how you're supposed to act in the rest. of it, if yeah. that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Also, what were you giggling? Uh, as you were talking about after your eating after I was remembering our. Every single Saturday after nice. weigh-ins, our, our ritual that we would have, Christine, <laughs> yes. you want to hear this?
1: What was it? I'm dying to know.
2: Oh yeah. So I Very cut, a, I, hey, cut wait, wait.
1: A, Can I guess. Sorry. Can I? Oh my god! I'm interrupting. Can I guess?
2: You're good. I want you to guess.
1: Um, White Castle chicken rings.
2: No. <laughs> Even, worse. But, Even worse. Even
1: worse. Oh like yeah. Our roast beef. No. Long beef. Broth-
2: I would say even worse than that. Taco worse Bell. Oh, you're you're getting you're colder. in the ballpark. Ta- yeah, Taco Bell is my favorite. You're getting colder.
1: What is what is worse than White Castle? Little Caesars.
2: What? Little Caesars
1: pizza. Little Caesars. No, 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 no. no. Pause, everyone. Pause. Little Caesars is a shit. Little Caesars. Is Fuck mine. yes, dietitian approved. <laughs> that is our Little Caesars. Starburst and <laughs> so Little
2: Caesars. This is a win podcast for us.
1: Five dollar pizza. <laughs> And then those crazy bread with the marinara. I mean, like, don't Fuck even get
2: yeah. out of it. Dude, I don't know I'm with a Mountain Dew. I need to look no. at the
0: closest little Caesar to my house and oh, get wow. for dinner Too
1: Honestly, closest little Caesars. I have a Philly
2: cheesesteak waiting for me after this.
1: I'm you're excited. Okay.
2: Anyway, Austin.
0: Anyways, all right. So yeah. Our, our Saturday. Yeah. Article?
2: So my man, this podcast went off the rails. Um, well I mean, I think it's so our I guess our uh, ritual was so we would get a little Caesars pizza, one per person. I always got the two nacho cheese dipping sauces. After that, we would get a quart of ice cream per person so it per person um, and then a two liter of mountain dew per person per per, <laughs> per person. <laughs> <Thank> you, <Alex>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that and we would watch Lord of the Rings, and instead of going out like normal college kids, uh, we would stay in and watch Lord of the Rings and or Harry Potter um, for five months of the year. And I thought this was, I thought um, like, and relaxes. it was awesome. It was amazing. awesome. Yeah, it was. Amazing.
1: Both are married, and you both are married. Y'all made it. You made it. Congratulations. Woo!
0: We're here now. Yes. What was interesting to me about that whole ritual was, and I forget where this was, but maybe like my sophomore or junior year uh making weight and then making it to that on saturday night became a lot more
2: important than winning any wrestling match dude yeah my last my last like year i was there so the third year i was there i that was the fate my favorite part of wrestling right and (laughs) that was was the after weigh-ins ritual when we all chilled and watched harry potter that's completely fucked right yeah
0: right if you're gonna we're you know collegiate wrestlers like obviously we want to win but you know the goal of the week for me was not to win. My goal of the week was to cut the 15 to 12 pounds I needed every week yeah. to make weight, make weight, do that successfully, wrestle, get it over with, honestly, and then get home and do this wish or hang out with my friend. Right. And so, I mean, that in and of itself is
2: like red flag, biggest red flag. Mm-hmm.
1: God, he's oh. so wonderful. red flags,
2: big red flag guy. Big,
1: he's a big red flag guy. Yeah. Big, big,
2: oh, the Biggest. The he biggest must watch a lot of TikTok. This guy, Oh, Talking t- about red flags right now. Yeah, is that the exact thing? I actually don't. I think so. I saw it on like three reels. I don't have TikTok, but I think reels just like the knockoff version. So,
1: <laughs> hey, so, yeah, it's the Little Caesars of TikTok. Hey, <laughs> hey, we love it.
2: Domino's Ew. is exactly. Is little Caesars better than Domino's?
1: Little Caesars a hundred percent. I've never gotten sick off of Little Caesars. Domino's makes you go poopy poopy. So yeah.
2: dietitian approved little Caesars. That's yeah. all I got for. and starbursts. That's <laughs> what I got from this podcast.
1: Oh no. And that's how you make weight.
2: Well, you great oh <laughs> yeah, great
1: life choices. Yeah. Okay, completely Um, off the road. Uh, Yeah, it's late, Alex. So absolutely. But I I think it's interesting, I think, from my perspective to hear what you have to say, because it kind of fucks you up. Like not you personally, Alex, but maybe, maybe like it's so backwards, you know? And I think we've had this discussion before where it's like, let's put this same kind of mentality in like any other sport, right? Of, you know, avoiding weight classes. To try and not wrestle against someone who's really good, right? right. It's like if we compare that to um, baseball, it's like, ah, shit, this pitcher's real good. Coach, can I? You know, I don't want to hit against him. Doesn't make any no sense. sense. That's such a bitch move, honestly. Again, yeah. from an academic perspective, so like it is what it is. But it's just like, what the hell? Like that doesn't show mental toughness. Like that doesn't show any kind of resilience. Like yeah. you're a little bitch. Not you. But like, it well, just, maybe. well, well, well,
2: well, yeah.
1: well, we're not saying no. Yeah. We're not saying yes, but like, it's just, you know, if it's transferable against like other sports or gosh, any other disciplines, like you get your ass kicked. Right. And again, that's where I do feel like that kind of fear steps in of like fear and then just masking it up with like this hyper, like rah, rah toughness. Um, in singlets, nonetheless. In skin yeah. type. Um, those are pre-
2: they're pretty comfy. I'm not. I think it's an acquired.
1: When like, what about when you have to go to the bathroom? It's like a onesie. Like you know, yeah, it's, you it's just like
2: your if single, you're wearing a romper. It's basically just an athletic romper. That's what a single it is. I don't wear rompers, so I don't know if that was. I love rompers. You
1: know? <laughs> Do you?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you seen the male rompers? They're no. Awesome. Oh, they're great, Alex.
1: Know what I'm getting you for Christmas?
2: I've never even seen. Yeah, them. they're comfortable,
1: right. but <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, um, I, but like the cutting weight thing is like the definition of like work hard yeah.
1: is it my my i have a rebuttal to that is it though again you can make weight a hundred percent of the time and then also lose a hundred percent and be an awful wrestler yeah yeah
2: so it's literally but, just work hard yeah just just work really really hard and still suck
1: and still suck and still suck. like literally still suck on paper Maybe and, like again, that, I'm
0: just and that was another like conclusion in my paper like when i wrestled 165 in college which was cutting from like 195. That's I late. was like, I was like, yeah. I don't even remember. Eight and four atrocious, like a bad record. And wow. then I bumped up to 184, right? Like two weight classes. So I'm, fucking, I'm not cutting weight or I'm not wrestling. One of them. And my record was like 16 and nine, like yeah. way better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I would, I am the inverse. When I wrestled 141, I was way better than at one fifty seven a little falsified anecdote, yeah, well, also, I just didn't care at one fifty seven but still, like there there's a lot of people yeah. that cut weight and are still able to be successful right and then, and then I guess the one flaw in my
0: argument is like I was a junior and a senior. I would yeah. the freshman off yeah. it's uh I don't know it's and that I guess is kind of the the crux of it all like you can't identify cutting weight solely as a good or a bad right like just the examples that we had like there's so much shit going on and like hard sciences are so reductionistic in value like let's narrow it down to this one variable so we can blame this one and and that's so unrealistic in a case of cutting weight and it's very unrealistic in a lot of ways hard scientists use it but in cutting weight specifically doesn't make any sense you can't isolate cutting weight and so that was like the direction my soft social science paper went it was like okay if we can't reduce it down to cutting weight being the only variable we got to account for everything like we got to take in this whole experience as our data well said
1: yeah i don't have to rebuttal. i feel like
0: i keep that was, that was pretty good i keep talking us into debt and then you guys have the soft sciences huh
1: <laughs> there's anyone
0: there's <laughs> another one Count it. Um,
1: No, I I see what you mean though. I no athlete is one dimensional. No person is one dimensional, right? Like you're not just a, a product of one situation and that brings you to who you are. It's a lot of things, right? There is a physical aspect. There is a nutrition aspect. There is a mental aspect. There is a sport and skill aspect. There is a family aspect. There's a school aspect. Like there's so many things that tie into an athlete and you know, after, you know, being able to engage with so many athletes of different backgrounds and different levels and different, even parts of this, like, like the country, um, even in different states, like you just kind of gather all this information and it just, again, like just one-on-ones are the best. Cause then you get like that individual help. And I've thankfully had the experience to, um, be able to work with some of those guys and like, actually see change and i will say like something that i see oh my god hold on the door just opened she's no, the dog
0: crept his way in. oh
1: which one is it
0: jaeger oh
1: Yeager. my god he is, I
0: awesome. love he is the best and it's on record now he is, he is
1: literally oh, no. okay i'm sorry not? Not... oh my god it's so cute all right now that alex is gone yeah i'm just kidding <laughs> 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 i'm back yeah I mean Alex Friedman is just like the best person in the world yeah Um, the best best. yeah wash his locks great hair he just flipped us off everyone a uh, great, great coach, right here, great mentor.
0: Um, I agree with you, Cena, you know, that one on ones are, and I think I, I've yeah, come around to yeah. that, and I was primarily in the PI. Like, I love group settings, don't get me wrong, like, I love coaching um teams in the weight room, and I think you can get a lot done in a positive fashion that way. But uh, if we're, if we're talking about like a fight camp and I have one on ones with you, like, I can prepare you, so
2: and that's the right. same, same for me too. I mean, it's honestly in, in my profession, if we're thinking like as a chiropractor, so often, uh, you're in, in reality, seeing 10 people an hour, which is crazy. You spend six minutes with a patient. That's about average for a chiropractor. And you're not really helping them. Like you, you see them, you crack them. You don't even get to talk to them. Versus that's why I'm so focused on one-on-one attention. Like I spend a whole hour with a patient. I get to know the patient, figure out what's going wrong with the patient, and actually treat them to make them better. And you see it gains every single time. Um, yeah. One-on-one is so much better than just trying to do the whole group approach. Actually, I've been moving more strength conditioning wise. I really like like a one on two because then they can push each other as they go. Yeah. Semi-private. Semi-private's a cool pivot.
1: I feel like I would struggle with that in nutrition. It would just be like, unless they like lived in the same house or something.
2: Yeah. yeah, almost like a family deal. That would that would be rough. Yeah, because you know, it would, you would
1: be like too competitive. It'd be like this is literally not what we're trying to do, but right,
2: yeah. It would work the inverse for you that it would yeah. work, work for us. <laughs>
1: like, oh, how are you weight? And, like, and then I'd be like, I'm, hey, I'm doing great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I lost seven pounds in one day for my yeah. last weight cut. I lost seven pounds point two. <laughs> oh
1: my god, what, did, what how can Honestly, even...
2: though, like
0: I mean, we're being might it might work rhetorical right it but might work. No, no it would be satirical, but like that's honestly something wrestlers brag to each other about. Yeah. Right. It's like, what the how line much weight and how small of a window have you lost? Right. It's like it's like, dude, one time I had to lose 16 pounds in two days, and I made it right. That's a legitimate like brag
2: for a wrestler. Yeah. Dusty and rusty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those are some of our infamous. Collegiate team coat weight on staircuts. So, all the
2: they were not on steroids, They no, just I meant cut excessive it. amounts of weight. Yeah, I'd like I, to clear that up.
0: Yes, that's <laughs> what I meant. They, they, they took weight cutting to an extreme level.
1: Yeah, I get it. I mean, I like you know, to kind of give a, a positive story, you guys, um, I had. <laughs> You're like, what is positivity? Um, I had one of my high school wrestlers. Dad was a wrestler, you know, is like a really prestigious, like could definitely have a lot of potential. Um, sophomore, I believe. And um, originally the way that he cut weight was to not eat. uh day and a half or two days beforehand. So literally like two days without food, um, then not drink the water about a day before, but when you wrestle twice in one week, <laughs> yeah. that means like you eat like maybe a day or two. Right. And it got to the point where, um, you know, like he made weight or whatever. And it's just over and over and over again, he snapped and he basically was like, fuck you, fuck everyone I'm eating gained 20 pounds or like something ridiculous and had to cut weight because he needed to, to obviously like make weight for the next competition. Mm -hmm. And literally dad was like, this cannot happen. Like, this is terrible. Like what is going on? And that's when I step in and I'm like, hello, it is me. And you know, here's what's going on. Probably one of the best workers though, like just straight up was a high school kid listened and executed better than, you know, So there's no, like, it doesn't matter what you fucking look like, what age you are. Like, it doesn't matter. Like if you're young, you can definitely do better than some professionals. Um, and like eight, which I know sounds crazy, but like he ate and he still went under his weight. He's like, wow, this is, you know, I would have never thought to do that. And I'm like, did you think, you know, two months ago that you could actually eat more food and lose more weight and then get this, he was like, oh, so hyped up. He's like, I walked into this tournament and I was smiling because I had so much energy, and everyone else looked like trash because they're not eating. So he's like, I'm walking in smiling, like won the tournament, whatever. I go, you're probably psycho because who the fuck is smiling at a wrestling match? Like just this one kid just cheesing as he's walking out, like, awesome. yeah. And he, I'm like, you're fucking crazy, but okay, like let's. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, great job. First off, that's phenomenal. Like that's the. That's how do we get this knowledge to more people? Right. That's that's the obstacle. And I,
1: yeah, and I've I've definitely had a lot of thought about this, right? Because I, I, you know, helping people is at the the core of my profession and and like my purpose. Um, you can't help everyone. That is definitely number one there. I'm sure you guys have experienced it firsthand in every sport, in every discipline, there's always people who are not ready to be helped. Not that they don't want to be helped. They're just not ready. So that's not where my efforts are going to. Um, but there are plenty of athletes out there who are kind of on the fence or maybe know that they need assistance or I'm just curious, you know, dietitians are not like this, you know, popular in the space nor has it been in the previous years so dad probably never had a dietitian can't even say that word and so like you know it, it's let's be honest um <laughs> and you know it's just not part of the culture so i know it's a tough word I, can- uh, what? I uh what? what oh can't say dietitian all right guys yeah <laughs> okay. i <laughs>
2: Moving on.
1: Um, moving on. But yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, I think the most uh, gold standard would be one-on-one. Of course it makes the most sense, but the reality speaking is it's not for everyone and there is some potential to group, but I really do think where the difference can be made is at that head coach level, one to many, right? One to the masses. And like you said, there's so much like social influence in that all kind of stems from the head coach. Doesn't matter what your teammates say. Doesn't matter what this science y healthcare person says. It doesn't matter what um, some pro wrestler or collegiate wrestler you look up to says. Like, whatever your head coach says goes. So I feel like that is a like untapped area of assistance. And these coaches are probably thinking, ah, oh, shit, they're looking at me to cut weight. I don't know. Like, here you go. Right. As you yeah. guys. Hear. But what if they are the ones that are open and actually need the help and would be appreciative versus trying to get to every single wrestler? It's the
2: it's literal the definition of influence the influencers. Never heard of that, but I like it. it hashtag. hashtag. hashtag.
0: <laughs> so building fire, how so you like? What do you mean by that? Um, like part of building a fire's mission, right? Is to bring people together and, and cooperate in performance teams. But part of that is creating a common language, um, education, and bringing everybody up to par on each individual discipline's um, expertise, if you will. Like so many, and I think we're in a point in high performance or in like sporting culture that we realize the need for, you know, technical coaches, maybe a couple different, especially in MMA. Um, we realize the need for strength conditioning. We need to realize the need for a dietitian, realize the need for a sports psychologist, whatever that branch is, like we're starting to understand, like all these pieces will help my athlete perform better. Right. What I think is still is like next level game, right. Is if we all understand what each other are doing and we can integrate that into one fluid approach for the athlete. And so that's like part of what building fighter phase one is, is like, we have our four pillars. We're going to educate and cross educate coaches, dietitians, strength and conditioning coaches, um, on different aspects of what each discipline is the either talking about or what each discipline's mission is. Right. So I as a strength coach. Like if I stayed in my silo and I only did strength, that's not what I do. But if I did, wouldn't you think I was better? If I learned what the techniques are, if I learned what, um, the athlete is expected to perform in their sport, wouldn't I be a little better if I ventured into nutrition and started to learn and understand, what fuel is going into my athlete before um, they train or before their competition. Uh, Wouldn't I be a little bit better if I brought in my scope and I understood like what psychological state my athlete, right? So if we can get each discipline to start to understand each other and act on that, then I think we can elevate our support. We can elevate the athlete's performance even more. So that's what building fighter phase one is, is mission to do is we're going to release a course with each pillar of this performance team and try and cross educate coaches, everybody alike, to and see from the other side what what the process is. Opening up the doors for everybody to see what what's behind the curtains, essentially. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because like you and I also know, you know, coaches that like, all right, you got the strength and conditioning. That's something off my plate. I don't want to have. Or in this case, that we're talking about, wrestling coach, co weight, make weight. All right. Let's say maybe we do have a dietitian. Awesome. All right, Christina, that's your job. I don't want to hear about it. You know, like, and I think that's the wrong, right? So I think if we can create more of an integrative um, culture and bottom line for this, like that needs to be the expectation, not the exception, then we can elevate everybody's game.
2: I like that.
0: That's why you've made me explain it. Not you.
2: No, uh, it's, it's, it's all about bringing people together. If we can all speak the same language, Christina, if you could, if and you do know this, cause you also teach exercise, but like, if a dietitian understands the bio- but like the uh, biomechanics of a movement right that helps their game to understand what's going through or what their that athlete's going if a skill coach understands what i'm talking about as a healthcare professional uh, about their injury they know the base level of knowledge around that injury guess what? That's going to make them be able to adapt that practice to their athlete, to then make them throw that overhand right versus a straight, right? Because it might be pinching the AC joint, something like that. If strength coaches could understand the flip side on the, essentially the injury side, and then vice versa, we can speak the same language. That's going to help our combat athletes move forward and bring everybody together in the support role under one branch, which is essentially to me, what level one of building a fighter is.
0: So now that we've put it out in the ether and it's going to come out about six weeks here, we got to get trucking on building our course in you know, Austin.
2: I'm done. Done. Oh um, yeah. You did finished it already? up on Tuesday. Yeah. Cool.
1: This seems like a group project where one person does all the work and then the other just kind of <laughs> steps in and then signs their name at the bottom.
0: <laughs> yeah. But that one person is, is, everybody knows is the more likable
2: one. So Me. that's. Oh. <laughs> yes
1: yeah that's me comes in for one episode i did all i carried the team 100% Yeah, yeah.
2: told us that we can use starbursts to cut weight
1: <laughs> all right,
0: so hopefully nobody listens to um
1: yeah don't don't quote me on that one <laughs> At its purpose my wrestler is now doing skittles before his matches fuck yes Oh, yes Legit.
0: yeah i used to eat skittles on the sidelines football without marshall okay all right Agreed. Agreed. <laughs>
2: he is cool he is cool right yeah
1: yeah three out of three he is definitely cool um uh but yeah little caesar pizza the best
2: yes i forgot about that one i need to okay. tell right now yeah. i'm gonna order it <laughs>
1: no, no. don't write it down alex don't write it down <laughs> um starburst also great for a little bit, not very specific a bit. purpose. Very right. specific purpose. Very prescriptive. Prescriptive. Starburst. It is what it is. Uh, What's it? Do? All
0: right. Besides that, besides the highlights of what foods to eat when you cut weight um are there any final thoughts
1: um
0: awesome so that's
1: fine. i uh, yeah i'll i'll pitch in now i think for final thoughts as an athlete especially as an emerging athlete the end goal is to focus on your hopefully the end goal is to focus on your performance on the mat right yeah. and not congratulations you've made weight um uh, and the more that you're able to realize that the more let's say um you're uh more peaceable to college coaches, scouts, et cetera. Um, you're able to like build a sustainability in your career. And that way you don't get injured. Um, you're probably going to live a happier life. Quote, y'all, quote, I have a quote. One of my wrestlers has more friends now because he's less grumpy.
0: Holy shit. That Holy is shit. That's real. That I don't know. If you wrestled in college or whatever, you, you feel that it's true.
1: Yeah, I did that. I did that. that. Hell yeah. There you go. Friends.
2: You're the friend maker.
0: Golf clap for Christina,
2: everybody.
1: Thank you. you. Am I allowed to golf clap myself? Because I literally just did it. Perfect. I I think so. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, and I don't know where that was going, but that's obviously how my brain works. Um, but yeah, I think if you're able to focus on your performance on the mat, um, and then seek help. Like, don't be afraid to ask for help. I love it when people ask me for help. Cause that's so scary, you know, to go and talk to someone and say, I'm struggling, like, but you're kind of good. So like, can you help me? That in and of itself, I think just shows so much strength that, you know, there's no one out there that's going to be like, huh, ah, fuck, no, you're a loser. Goodbye. Right. Like everyone wants to help the other person. I think, um, yeah. I think my second big pointer is that, um, those who are like, of some sort of influence. So coaches, older members on the team, um, pro athletes, even college athletes, you know, that the high schoolers look up to, um, they also have a role, right? Like they, yeah. like you said, I love this. Like what are the influence influencers? Like yeah. you, when you make it big, like you have a role to maintain that certain level of image. Cause so many people look up to you, whether you know it or not. Right. So yeah. I wish sometimes like I wish there was someone big in the media that was like, you know, I worked the dietitian or I focused on my nutrition. I didn't eat like crap and I won the Super Bowl or I won, you know, the national championship or what have you. Like I just wish one person would say that because that would help me so much gain so much buy in.
0: Um, awesome. do you think that could be, um, and I, I don't know. I just kind of spitball like David Taylor, Kyle Dake, like those guys are pretty good about their nutrition, especially Kyle Dake. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah.
2: Uh, they're, they're very health forward. I mean, something honestly in the wrestling world, guys like that, or like a Kyle Snyder who's, or actually Jordan Burroughs is the perfect example. Everybody knows him. He's the poster boy of wrestling and he's the perfect example. Whereas he's an aging athlete working with a dietitian, Has that helped him boost his performance? Cause he doesn't have as hard of a weight cut that that could be a perfect example of something that could boost dietetics in the sport to the nth degree, because I mean, as everybody knows, that's the guy, (laughs) like that's the dude. When you think wrestling, you think Jordan Burroughs, right?
0: Yeah. And to contrast that point immediately, like when you think of like Kyle Dake who just beat Jordan Burroughs, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, He went up a weight class every year in college and still won national champions. So like he's uh, contradicting that point of like, you need to stay at the lower weight class to be competitive.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's another powerful
2: story, but yeah, that, I mean, there you go. There's some ammo for you, Christina. Yeah. Yeah. Next talk you give.
1: I'll work with them.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, Christina, how do they get in contact with you? If they want to talk to you?
1: What what about your final point
2: Austin? Yeah. Empty, empty slate. Exactly what you said. I was, I was already thinking it.
1: Ditto. You you're copying my work.
2: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Austin's it, that kid in the- class uh, raises his hand, it's like, I got some. I got some. And then the teacher tells him, Oh, I was gonna say what they said. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like you like instead of like copying the words down, it's the two parentheses. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay. Got it. Yep. Yeah. But if they do want to get in contact with you, how do you yes. do that? <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> all right, clearly so did not excel well in English class. Um, <laughs>
2: we're all little. A- nope. <laughs> co- yeah, I took comic book literature in college. That was my lit class. So, career. Okay. but um, <laughs> moving this
0: on, Christina, yes. all, your, all your stuff is going to be in the show notes, but will you yes. share with us how people should reach out to you? Yes
1: show notes you can find me you can google me apparently hey, um that's yes that's- yes christina chu at christina white chu on instagram um or even you know what you'll find i don't know email me don't email me i don't care it's probably around um but if you want to reach out feel free <laughs> it's some information is out there to the public alexa has already gathered that information She's listening
0: right now. Nice. Government is always watching. But that was our our podcast on bitching about cutting weight with some informational, informational uh, points to it. So I said, this is building a fighter. I think we covered a lot of the phase one future plans that we have. Um, As always, visit our website. We have a ton of strength and conditioning programming on there. We're a huge resource. If you want customized uh, programs. And I think with that, uh, this was Alex Friedman and I'm with
1: Christina. <laughs> Austin.
0: <laughs> Perfect. And we are out.